I'm Claire Manship. And I'm Ian Brodsky. And this is The Thing That Happened This Week. The show where everyone brings a story from the past seven days and we break it down. So please keep your hands inside the podcast at all times. Hi. Hi. Sorry, I'm just I'm just taking a second to see how many mutual friends I have with our guest today. Okay, well, which is a quite a large <laughs> amount, which I'm excited about. But any whom, good morning. So many mutual. Ian, it's the coffee. It's is it the coffee? I mean, if I'm like if I have my coffee and I'm like doing stuff, not then like you, I mean this is doing stuff, but if I'm like actively like around and like you get a cup of coffee and you and you have to go to social media. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> but then like, but if I'm like if I have my coffee and I'm just sitting there like. On one thing, then I kind of get like you get yeah you're very I get a little jittery. What? I'm like I weigh four pounds. Like the coffee does a number on me. Okay, well that's great for you. Just, so great for you, skinny mini. It's, <laughs> it's not. It's not. <laughs> the, my, hey, those of us my on entire this side my of the table, entire like, family is like eat a sandwich, Ian. Eat a sandwich. My Ian. entire family like, is like you can never have a sandwich again. Clearly. <laughs> We clearly are on two opposite sides of the table. We are literally and figuratively. Yes. Mm, yes. But everybody is beautiful and you're doing great, guys. Ian, je suis sombre. I am so sad. I am depressed. Our dear friend, Elijah Ahmad Lewis, <gasps> visited us. Visited, visited, visited us. us. He visited us last week for an episode that was supposed to air this coming week in, Jan- in mm-hmm. January. The new year. The new year. And unfortunately, I'm a big fuck up and got a bunch of the microphone shit wrong. And Elijah's episode, it exists, but it's horrible audio, unusable audio. And it makes me sad. I'm so, well, that sucks. And I'm sorry. Yeah. But you know what? If the Gilmore guys aren't above it, clearly neither are we. Well, but the Gilmore guys, so what's so funny about Demi and Kevin is that even if they lost an entire live show, the live show still happened. And what sucks is that the thing they lost was a live show yeah. that still was ticketed and profitable. Like, mm-hmm. so they can kind of laugh about it. We had we a live show for three hours and lost a conversation uh, in my kitchen. Oh my God. He's such a giver. Like, his, he is. his heart is so big and such a delightful human being. Yeah. Everybody, check him out on social media. Please. In Motown. Yes. I almost said you're in town. That is wrong. No, no. He does have the privilege to pee. He's actually signed, sealed, and delivered. He's yours. Yes. Motown. Motown, Motown, Motown. Motown, Motown. out on the road. Go see him. He's playing Stevie Wonder. And you can follow him on all social media yeah, at E-A-L-E-A-L-E-A-L-E-A-L-E-A-L-E-A-L-E-A-L-E-A-L-E-A-L-E-A-L-E-A-L-E-A-L-E-A-L-E-A-L-E-A-L-E-A-L-E-A-
And on the listing of the crew, you have Tchaikovsky as yeah. the composer under crew. So I thought yeah. that was really funny. Right? Yeah, that's, that's been a thing since the start. I thought it was so funny that I was like, wow, this is a beautiful website. Clickety, click, click, click. And then I went to crew and it was like, composer, Tchaikovsky. I, and mean, I was like, yes, he yeah. will be present in the wings every performance. Every show. He is with us. <laughs> he is there. We can feel well, him in yeah, Pearl okay. Studios. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> Tchaikovsky yeah. in the wings. Well, It'd be funny. <laughs> like this, like one of these days, like the show is like gonna go to Broadway, and then we're gonna look left, and it's gonna be like the ghost of Tchaikovsky, like out in the wings. I would love if ballet was on Broadway. I would too. The closest I think that there has gotten in recent years was Trip of Love played at the 42nd Street Studio mm-hmm. off Broadway. And Trip of Love is entirely a dance show. Yeah. Except for that guy who comes out on a vest and he sings the, it's not unusual to be loved. That's We're a thing? On. Yeah, that was this, a thing? It was the only song that got sung. Everything else was just dancing. Well, damn. And then Paramore. I saw Paramore. Cirque's Paramore on Broadway, which not How my favorite it? show, right. but I mean, Cirque's still doing Cirque. Good you for do, them. You do you, boo. Yeah, that's how I felt about Matilda. Did you? I saw it the other day. I rushed out of my closing show and because my friend um, won a raffle for tickets to Matilda. Fun. So So I saw Matilda Wait, that, for that's, free. Wait, that's what you were seeing the other night? Yeah. By the time this is up, that show will be that closed. That show will be closed. New Maybe Year's Day. I think that's, oh, that's New Year's Day it as well? It's New Year's Day. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Bummer. Dude, everything is leaving Broadway. I mean, we have some great shows coming. Oh, yeah. But everything is leaving. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the way things wave. The only and thing stuff. sticking around is and 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 but the thing that's crazy is Chorus Line isn't even... It wasn't like you were mixing Candor and Ebb with Candor and Ebb. You were mixing, mixing Candor and Ebb with Marvin Hamlish. Yeah, really far apart. Yeah. Buddy. Both 70s, both 70s. This just in, Ian Brodsky has had an aneurysm. And the show is mine now. It's all me. Yeah. My dream. Yeah. It's coming true. Right. Um. <laughs> it really is. Like I, I, That's why I can't shut the fuck up on the show. <laughs> It's it's me for me. It's um, me. Um, they like me. They really really like me. Um, now I'm thinking is Ariana Grande last night during hairspray saying, "I'm a pretty girl, mama." I'm a pretty girl, mama. I was I caught the second half of that with some friends and I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, gosh, I, I have some feelings about Ariana. I find her to be, um, I don't know, not nice. What what's the word like? Some I don't know. everything about her is negative, right? I have. I still have no idea. I, she's one of those artists where I'm like, okay, she's clearly incredibly talented, but I still don't know what my opinion on her is. My friends call her. We call her Peanut Butter Mouse because you can't understand anything she's singing. Do you follow Annoying Actor Friend? What? Annoying Actor Friend on Twitter? No, but I do know secretly who that is. It's not a secret anymore. Oh, it's not a secret yeah, anymore? Yeah, he like, he outed himself like a year ago. Oh, okay. Well, then and, he's in, and he comes into my survival job all the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but Maybe we're not thinking of the same person. Maybe I'm thinking of, oh, I'm thinking of Fatness Neverlean. I know who Fatness uh, Neverlean is. <laughs> Who's, I mean, not who is that, but like, what is that? Oh, on Audition Update, they're the biggest troll of the internet Wait, ever. Wait, really? Mm-hmm. 
Because I'm not on, I guess I'm not on Audition Update you enough. You don't need to be. You know what? Because Audition Update is owned by Backstage now, and it yeah. all got ruined. It used to be a great forum for it was trolling. Great. Yes. Now it's all monitored by Backstage. You have to subscribe. Those were the days. Those were um, the days. But, oh shit, what were we talking about? What were we talking about? What were we talking about? <laughs> oh, you were um, talking about how you know Annoying Actor Friend. Yes, um... What he does is for every like live musical broadcast, he posts a drinking game. <laughs> so this one was you can't stop the tweet <laughs> because everyone live tweets it. And so one of like the drinking game rules was drink every time Ariana Grande tries to pronounce a consonant. <laughs> Which a, is like super I'm a, like I'm a pretty mama. I'm a pretty girl, girl mama. mama. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like I mean he's brilliant like he has so many like brilliant articles on like the state of theater and yeah. um and like very smart opinions of these live shows and everything like yeah. I remember for Sound of Music he created like the Do Re Mi Fa So Latini which is it's a Long Island iced tea but <laughs> because there's seven ingredients in it like each one of them was a different Von Trapp child <laughs> like his whole website, his whole blog is just brilliant. That gets me. Yeah. That's the one thing I'm going to miss is is drinking games. Mm. I'm a little sad. Today is I mean, I like... 78 days sober. Really? Yeah. Mazel. But by the time people are listening to this, it'll be... More. A lot more. Yeah. Maybe like... Maybe I'll, I'll be close a, to 100. Least, uh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's exciting. Congrats. Thanks. But like, here's... Like, I never... I only... Like, I... Like drinking games for a brief moment in college, and then I was like, "This is dumb." During the early debates, I used to watch the Republican debates, mm. um, and I used to watch them. But now democracy has <laughs> now fallen. Democracy is. <laughs> We've seen the series finale. <laughs> the series finale on this nation. I can't even like pretend that's my joke. Like that was on a Daily Show poster. That is, yeah. Um, uh, hey, Katie Marigie, my friend is a staffer for Trevor. Oh over yeah, at, yeah, at TDS, yeah. yeah. Um, and man, they're funny. They're, they're a good doing team. Great. Um, Trevor Noah is eviscerating the political here's, climate. Here's the thing: it's like I, I don't remember if we talked about this on the show, but like I used to love John Stewart's like commentary and not care so much about the interviews. With Trevor Noah, I'm the exact opposite. Like his commentary is fine. Like I watch it, I laugh. But he's South African. Like it's not going to be as as yeah. affecting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, he's it's still very like smart. Yeah. But his interviews are phenomenal, and I love watching his interviews, have especially ever, in today's climate. Have you ever tried a South African dialect? No. It's, it doesn't exist. Let me tell you, it doesn't South exist. Africa. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's South African. Yeah, like, it's, okay, That's so you got, you've do. got some, like, some, like, Fargal ores. Yeah. But you've, uh, but you've also got, like, a little, like, a little bit of, like, uh, South this London. This coloring. But it's, then but there's also Australian. like some Irish influence, and then some like Zimbabwean South. It's, South Africa has been through it. South African has. Been. Have you seen District Nine? They're no. suffering. <laughs> <laughs> they're, not, they're not doing well, guys. They're not doing um, well. Did you know the aliens landed there? Uh, Corinne. Who? Corinne. 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 Where are you? Uh, speaking of which, I saw that movie Arrival. How was it? Oh my gosh! If you want to talk about dialect studies, like I have, I, I got my You're BFA with a focus in dialect. Well, I'm great. At dialects, accents are really hard for me. So, for okay. those that don't know, here we go. Here's a lesson. Maybe this is tangent number one. Let's see. Okay, a dialect is only you have to call it a dialect if it's applicable to the language you natively speak. So, for us, we are American-speaking uh, English-speaking Americans. Mm-hmm. So, a dialect for us would be anything from Canada 
Ireland, England, Wales, Scotland, Australia, Zimbabwe, South Africa. Mm-hmm. And are there any other English-speaking countries? I'm sure there are. I'm sure that we're just forgetting. Well, I mean, every country learns our language. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. So, th- so those would all be dialects. An okay. Australian dialect. Yeah. Of, okay. Now, if I am doing... A French, German, Russian, Japanese, Indian, anything else. It's an accent. That's an accent. Oh. Because their native language is not English. I never knew the, I never really knew like the exact difference. Okay, so now here's the trip. Our friend Florence Freiba was on the show uh, recently. Florence has family in various countries and she Mm -hmm. grew up learning various languages. So for her, she has a German dialect. Mm, Because. Because she grew up. Not as a native German speaker, but, but it's one of her first languages. Yes. Yes. So that's where the rub therein lies. Okay. And it kills me. It kills me. Only Shia LaBeouf is the, is the only celebrity I know that uses the term dialect and accent properly. But he also studied dialects. Like, so, you know. So anyway. You go, Shia LaBeouf. Thus ended the first tangent. Okay. Yeah. We have now spoken about 13 minutes. I can probably Great. keep about six of it. No, I'm just kidding. Damn. <laughs> That was all fascinating for me because I, I always used to use them interchangeably. So, yeah, what's tough about that is that, like, um, you can... Uh, and what's frustrating is, like, when you take a focus in dialects in school, like I did, mm-hmm. you're going to learn a lot that you can never use. Mm-hmm. I am white as white can be. I will never use the Indian dialect that I know so well. Yeah. But all you have to do for an Indian dialect, if you're an English speaker, is to switch B's and P's. I like it to go to the Bing Betty. Super easy. Okay. Yeah. But if you want to do, like, French, there's a whole musculature that we oh, haven't... Yeah. You have to build a whole nasal palate. Now, I, I I speak French, so I'm already practicing it. But it is very hard to fall into this space oui. if you're not... Oui, oui. C'est très confusé pour moi. But if you want to do German, one of the best people to watch on YouTube if you want to learn a German accent Flula is Flula Borg. I love him. Flula is amazing. Flula was also in Pitch Perfect too. If you want to see him sing, he is a gifted performer. He is a delight. A, a delight, a true delight. Um, you are one degree away from Flula. Boy. I am. <laughs> Kills me. Um, so, uh, but Flula does this amazing. He does amazing things where he breaks apart American colloquial phrases, like shooting fish in a barrel. And um, one of my favorites, and the one that I used to do in class, is Vassis Detti Longlex. It's a furry ball with some spider web leggies. That's and, amazing. Yeah, super that easy. That sounds so exactly yeah. like him, too. Yeah, oh, he's amazing. He's incredible. So, yeah, if you ever want to get into dialects and accents, email us at thisweeksthingatgmail.com. Yeah. I will talk to you about it for days and days and days. Hold up. Oh, yeah. All okay. right. Anywho. Here we um, go. Now I played, the, sec- the first tangent's done. No, yeah. because I played Lumiere in high school in Beauty <laughs> and the Beast. And, like, I always joke, until I played Leo Bloom in college, I always joked, like, I peaked at age 17. Um, <laughs> but, like, that was, like, some of the best accent work I had ever done because I spoke, I took French in middle and high school yeah. and then happened to play Lumiere. And it was... So great. Are you excited for the live action B&B? Yes. When I was in B&B, yes. I was creamer of creamer and sugar. Thank you very Ooh. much. <laughs> oh, and speaking of Leo Bloom, I have to say that one of my favorite lyrics in the whole history of music theater is, Mr. B, yeah, let's stop, please stop this song. You've got, got me wrong. wrong. I say so long. I'm not as strong a person as you think. think. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. I think that is some of the most gifted, better than Sondheim patter. That is some of the, Mel Brooks patter is eons. So, be- oh, oh. It, it's so much fun. Too. Yes. Oh, man. Should this podcast really have been about Broadway? <laughs> like, I mean, re- 
It could have been. I feel knowledgeable, but I haven't lived it, so I don't think that people would want to. Li- it's not going to be like Todd Buonapane's Broadway stories. Like or, he, or he Patrick Hines' like, Theater People podcast, yes, which people. I listen to and love. Ian, are we ready to introduce we our guest? We are guests? so ready. Here we go. are the luckiest ever. My dear friend, someone that I love following everything she's working on because she's a Broadway vet, a superstar songwriter. She has unbelievable music that she's written and performed. And if you go to her IBDB, you can follow her everywhere. Also, IMDB because she has a healthy film and television career now. Please welcome Becca Ayer. Welcome. Hi. Hey. Welcome to our very high-tech studio. Thank you. Yes, that is my part. We personally, we come all the way to Harlem just for the specialities. (laughs) (laughs) Becca, so we chatted a lot before the show, and I I was an idiot and didn't record all of it, but Becca, talk to us about what you're doing right now. First off, your voice can be heard eight shows a week over the top of Dear Evan Hansen, (laughs) but what else are you working on? I'm starting to do film stuff now uh, a little bit. Nothing that's generating any money yet, but um, uh, I'm doing... I did this independent film um, called 42 Seconds of Happiness, and um, like 10 years ago, I gave up on the idea of ever thinking an indie film I was in was ever going to go anywhere, because um, mm. I would hear some piece of exciting news and get think I was going to be famous, you know, and now I've given <laughs> as soon as I've given up on it, this... That's when it happens. Yeah, yeah, this film is like doing really well. It's, it's into all these festivals, and um, it's one... Best ensemble cast at the Harlem International Film Festival, and you are the, an award winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah thank you. Um, and then, yeah, and then, um, and then I did my own short film as well called um, Snuggle Buddies that I've just been, I've, I myself have been uh, uh, submitting to festivals, and we were just in the, um, and we just premiered it in a New York film festival. Um, and New York Short Film Festival. And um, so, yeah, so suddenly I'm doing all that. I didn't know what a laurel was like 12 months ago, but I now know. I know. I don't know what that is. What is that? You probably know, right? Please, please explain. Oh, <laughs> like when you get awards, you put your, you put, you, you um, oh, yes, yes. It's like, a, it has like the a, little garlands. Yeah, the garlands yeah. around your yeah. awards that you won. So yeah. we started winning laurels for our indie film and now I'm starting oh. to win laurels for my little short film maybe I've heard it. that before with like a, is it an Olympian no I'm thinking of a garland right like there's an Olympian you get like a crown is that called a laurel I don't know oh, I'm just yeah, learning that I'm first just making that up yeah maybe I don't know <laughs> I don't oh know. I have to tell you that I saw an ad we talk about um, Nagin Farsad on the show mm-hmm. and I saw that she has uh, a movie coming out that she yeah wrote. I saw that on the subway and yeah, that's so cool she's and has a bunch of laurels and that's why I was reminded like that they you know they had all the laurels of oh yeah LA yeah yeah, yeah it's Wait, fun so, that's so cool so yeah. so you're doing that for Snuggle Buddies and the other yeah. the other project that you mentioned before remind me the name yeah uh, 42 Seconds of Happiness okay yeah. and is that also getting some accolades yeah or- yeah yeah, um, yeah, it's been in a ton of festivals, and we've won, I think, four awards. Like I said, two of them were um, Best Ensemble, and then um, we won Best Feature at this place called Women Texas Film Festival. Cool. Not Women of Texas, just Women Texas Film yeah. Festival. Cool. And then, um, yeah, and then, um, and our director is uh, Greek and also lived in Germany, so it was in... Reese at some festival, wow. and um, I'm hoping it goes 
to LA. But yeah, so that's been. Did that you go crazy. to any of those abroad festivals? Uh, not yet, but it's. I think. Oh well, I can't announce it yet. I guess, but okay. there's somewhere else it's going to be that uh, <laughs> that that's that I would exciting. like to go to because I've never really been abroad except for I've been to Brazil. Begin again. It went to some like international festivals that I didn't even know about. Yeah. as part of, like, the movie. I mean, it's kind of the vetting process for any film, right? Yeah. You gotta toss it around yeah. a little bit. It's true. I mean, like, it got picked up, like, right away in Toronto. Like, that was the first TIFF? place it went. Was it, it was at TIFF. Oh, that's that was a my, great film festival. That was my first ever wow. premiere, and, like, that's what those pictures over I've there are I've never been to Canada, wow. but it sounds I, fun. Yeah. I, I, I fucking love Canada. Yeah, I Toronto's great, too. Canada. Yeah. Toronto's amazing. Montreal's beautiful. Um, but, yeah, it got picked up right away at Toronto. Yeah, um, that's awesome. And then it went to a couple other things, and I didn't know until the full New York premiere, because that was maybe three months after Tribeca, mm-hmm. um, but it went to, like, Shanghai and, yeah, like, a couple wow. other things. And in Shanghai, they did, like, they had, like, a group of actors, like, sort of, um, like, acting out. I don't remember. I forget if it was the trailer or just one of the scenes from the movie. Oh, my God. But they had, like, all of these, like, actor like, like famous Chinese actors? I don't know if they were famous Chinese actors, but all these like <laughs> Chinese actors like enacting what we were doing from the film on a stage. That's so, amazing. So there's a little bit where like I'm dancing like on a rooftop and they had like an actor playing me. Oh my god. That's crazy. Is there it was video so of this? Cool. Um one of the producers has it and he was like, Oh, I have to remember to send that to you and he just never did. Okay. Um, Alright. Well if you ever get the chance if to I ever get... <laughs> we have to dole that out to the oh, universe. Oh my yeah, yeah, and like that's something I just for- totally forgot about until now when you're like, Yeah, I went to Greece. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even I mean, I don't know about festivals either, but because I've been submitting my own stuff. I know so minimal. Yeah, and now you can do it all on this one web well, there's several you can do, but on Without a Box, this this um website Basically, it's like all the festivals. It submits to all the yeah, it's all a, of the ones. Um, you can just well, it costs money to submit to festivals too, which is something right. I wasn't. Well, um, yeah. So um, whenever I have money, I'll submit our movie. <laughs> but I but I'm wrapping it up now a little bit. Um, Entourage looked into this a little bit. I'm a big fan of the HBO series Entourage. If you all haven't heard of it, it's great. <laughs> um, but Entourage did a whole thing where uh, you know the, the main guy in the show, his name's Vince Chase. He's played by Adrian Grenier. And um, he puts up a bunch of his own money to make a passion project of a movie called Medellin that's based on the life of Pablo Escobar. Mm. And Vince is white, but he casts himself as Pablo. And like, and clearly, like the movie over-budgeted itself a thousand times, and he hired all his friends to do mm. the production. And so then the, uh, they submit it to Khan with no screeners or dailies, like you know, remitted to the public uh, mm-hmm. beyond just their team. So they're all too close to the project to see that it sucks. Mm-hmm. So they submit it to Khan and it's accepted. And then there's a whole season of the show, the whole fourth season is they go to Khan, it gets bombed at Khan, Vince loses all his money, they don't make it back. It's sold 200 copies on DVD. Oh. Like, it's real bad, right? Mm-hmm. And so that, and it just is a really interesting look at like, you know, and, and the whole joke of the thing is that the trailer comes out and people are like, man, I saw the trailer. It looks amazing. And it's a whole commentary, a really smart commentary on how you can kind of trick the public into, like, going on this journey with you. But at some point, everyone's going to see it. And it better be good for all the money. Yeah. Like, these I wonder pop- how they got into Khan. Or, or that was like a... I think, well, on the show, I guess it's because he's a celebrity and oh. his name is attached. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah. So, um, so if he comes there, it'll like, yeah, yeah, and so and it's funny because when they go, they filmed the whole the whole opening of, of that season um, 
at the Cannes Film Festival that year and B movie was there with Seinfeld and like That's a bunch so of stuff funny. and like wow. and so they they played within the circumstances and wow. filmed episodes around the actual film festival. Wow. Yeah. They did that a lot actually where Entourage like in the Entourage movie they filmed at the Golden Globes mm-hmm. and they, mm. they they filmed live on the red carpet in the middle of, you know, pretending they weren't who they were. Yeah. And Entourage was nominated That's for so Golden Globe. Fun. Like, That's yeah. so fun. <laughs> That's so fun. Yeah, so whenever I think about film festivals, because I don't know anything about it, I think about, like, the failure of many Ian. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't either. I'm just learning. And, and, and it's true, like, I didn't have any perspective at all. And yeah. so now every time I watch it at a theater, because it was a... Also, yeah, there was a Greek film festival in New York. So there's two, like premieres that I've seen in big theaters of the of the of the feature that I was in. And okay. so yeah, I have no perspective on it. But then every time I see it I'm like, this director might be a goddamn genius. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> you know, like yeah, and the more I the more I you know, the more I see it, she's kinda doing something really innovative. Um it's very like do you guys know Mike Lee movies? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't. It's um I know the name. Yeah, all of his stuff is based on improv, and so ours was based on improv, and so oh, cool. we improvised it. We improvised and rehearsed for like a year beforehand, and um, she knew like where she wanted our storylines to go and who our characters were, um, but she would take us aside one at a time and and tell us what she wanted um, accomplished in the scene, and then and the other person, the other actor, wouldn't know what you know, so. Um, that element of surprise that you never have, and which is what Mike Lee does. Like um, he did Vera Drake, and he did Secrets and Lies, mm. and he always wow. has like elements of surprise. Where, spoiler alert, in Vera Drake, apparently, um, so Vera Drake's about a woman who gives. Um, I guess I can. This is not a spoiler because it's it's right away. But she's like a woman that um, is it the late thirties, early forties, who gives. I don't know if that's the right time period, but she gives abortions like under. Like oh, okay. um, underground abortion. Yeah, yeah, like and um, like coat hanger style or like God, what is it? I don't know, like a tube with the I don't know, like oh, something. Like a yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. But they're um, still doing that oh, God. Like, all over the world. Like yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Like it's like the actors are sort of on a need to know basis. So um, when she gets arrested, the people who played his her family in real uh, her family in the show didn't know what her vocation was so they get to be actually cool. actually surprised so yeah that was really cool i was thinking i had huh. to have some genuine mike lee moments during cuz we we rehearsed it and then we shot it for a week in in a house in new jersey and we all just stayed in that house and so she cool. would yeah and so she'd give us like pages every day and say this is what i want you to accomplish but i don't want anyone to do anything that's feels inorganic which actually yeah. changed the movie like the ending was different than she wanted it to be which I thought was yeah um and and ultimately she ended up accepting it as the best ending which is which is really amazing but yeah there's one point and this is not a spoiler because it's in the in the trailer but um someone brings out a gun and I was like I didn't know that this was a movie about guns like at all I thought this was a totally different kind of movie and so usually you read a script and you start and you say someone pulls out a gun you see someone pulls out a gun Mm -hmm. and you're Automatically, without even realizing, insinuating your um, your own idea of how you'll react. So it's not like 
we were reacting to an actual gun, but it was like the closest reaction you could have, yeah. you know, like yeah. with the closest reaction of surprise. So that's fun. And so, yeah, Mike Lee does that too. Um, I think that that's really healthy and exciting. Like I recently, there's been a lot of news about like unhealthy history in film where like yeah. people weren't given the circumstances and then were like shocked on camera on purpose. Like um, the most, I guess the one everyone knows about is Shelley Duvall in The Shining. Mm. was purposefully like terrorized on set to make her more scared. Oh wow. And like I don't, I don't think one. I know that one. I heard about the birds with um with Brando Hitchcock and, and oh no like that they tippy had her and they like traumatized oh, her or something. Okay. I didn't hear about that either. Yeah, oh, but this sounds really, similar. So yeah in The Shining, um and forgive me, who directed The Shining? Oh I forget. Oh gosh! Oh, Kubrick. Kubrick. Yeah. Okay, so Stanley Kubrick like used to isolate Shelley Duvall on set, oh purposefully God. not tell her that Jack Nicholson was going to chase her with an axe. Like, oh my God! And now, like scary shit. So Shelley Duvall now has schizophrenia and Holy PTSD shit. and a bunch of other stuff. And recently there was an episode they talked about it on Throwing Shade, and that's why I like got oh, so into wow. it. Oh really? um, But Shelley Duvall was interviewed by Dr. Phil, who like is no longer a clinical yes. therapist. Yes. They had to take the episode off air and offline because Dr. Phil was, like, feeding her. He was like, do you think people are chasing you? And she was like, yes, the president oh is chasing God. you. The president wants me. Like, yeah, it was That horrible. is insane, all so of that. God. That came out the same week that the Brando Zeffirelli thing about the non-consensual rape scene. Yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, st- uh, will you fill me in on that? Uh, so, so in that, what's the film? Last Tango in Paris. Okay, yeah. So in the I don't last, think I've seen that. So in I the haven't. Last Tango in Paris, the director and Marlon Brando knew that there was going to be a scene where Brando like sexually assaults this woman and tries to rape her. And they didn't tell the actor that she was going to be part of a non-consensual sexual situation in her scene to make her actually more scared in a rape situation. Mm. They didn't tell her they were filming and then Brando just attacked her on set. And and that makes me so mad. It makes me so mad. So like hearing that there is like a redemptive now, like in the modern era that people are respecting one another, that if there's a, that there's like a shock that the actors know, like you, something shocking will happen, but we can't tell you because we want a genuine reaction. Like that's legal. And the fact that back in the day that was just like their play. Yeah. Oh, but I agree with you that these things should be discussed if there's going to be any kind of physical uh, harm before. Yes. Yeah. 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 Also, like a unions, b act. Right. Like. Yeah. You're an actor. Don't you get? Don't you get like? Isn't that what you're paid? To do? Yeah. If you're put in a in a fight scene, don't you get paid more? Like on, on SAG films, I know that you do. I don't think equity. We don't have a rule about it. There was like that famous marathon man scene. Have you uh, uh, have you heard of that? An old school actor and a new school actor. Somebody's going to be like, but but where 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 one of them like stayed up all night because he had to play that a character that was really tired Mm -hmm. or something. It was like Dustin Hoffman, I think, and uh, Sir somebody or other like (laughs) like some someone knighted. Yeah. So um, and and he stayed up all night or something and um, and and came to the set the next day and and the older actor was like why don't you just act basically yeah those two schools yeah. of thought you know the mm-hmm. methody kind of yeah. yeah and sometimes people can be so adamant about what the right thing is especially in theater mm-hmm. because you have people be you know this yeah. is right and that's wrong but who knows if you think about puppy dogs it makes your face do a thing yes. there's this hilarious thing my my boyfriend and i want to parody that um, Michael Caine, if you guys should look it up on YouTube, because Michael Caine does this um, master class about acting. Yes. But he, have you seen that? But he's literally like, I've he seen says, the, don't the blink. The Hoffman one, too, what? is online. Oh, really? Yeah, is that yeah. a good one, too? I haven't I haven't watched it, but I've seen that one advertised alongside the Michael Caine one. Oh, really? Michael yeah. Michael Caine. 
Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. He's basically just telling you to do what he does. And because people, because he's amazing or whatever, you know, because he's, he's successful, people yeah. buy it. But he literally says like, you know, I wear mascara because I can't do the thing. But it's like, you know, he says, wear mascara if you have blonde eyelashes. He says, don't blink. Like he says like the most ridiculous, So the don't you know, blinking thing. But I see people blink all the time. Yeah, it's, it's, just, like, you know, it's like we're humans. We blink. I know, but then people, young students will be like, because oh, yes. I just, I just feel like so many teachers have told me this is right and that's wrong, and you know, yeah. and I, and I spent my life afraid that the other Michael Caine one that they taught, <laughs> they taught at Elon, um, which I think it's also like maybe he got it from Sandy Meisner, but. A Meisner, a Meisnerism that Michael Caine works really hard to do mm-hmm. is if you're talking about anything that could have an emotional impact on the out on the outcome of the story, mm-hmm. don't move your eyebrows, and you will always tear up. Like so, if I'm really talking, okay, <laughs> so like if you if you practice not moving your eyebrows and you're just talking about that's that's a good thing. Like to I try. think you're right, like Ian, this podcast means a lot to me, and I really care about our friendship. You go, like, that's a really good technique because yeah, I'm, I'm really yeah. good at doing things I think from the outside in and so when I'm very vital body like yeah. my body is moving at all times yeah and yeah. so that helps and some people might think oh that's you know that's like you have to feel it and it's like no it just depends on what looks right to whatever is medium yeah. you're you know it's like it's fascinating how many like factors of this industry are so like fickle and up in the air and personal to like yeah. the artist because there's one thing I learned in college is that like you can learn all the techniques in the book but what's going to work for you is going to work for you that's like, true that's just like, such a yeah and that's like, that's an important thing I think yeah for kids to hear <laughs> yeah like, listen up kids thank you for taking us on that yeah <laughs> thank you for know, taking I us really, on that journey honestly because I it's 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 funny that this podcast, like, it declares itself. Like, it wants to... Be, that's what it wants to be today, is we're just yeah. talking the arts and how art influences life, life influences yeah. art. Mm. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Love it. Uh, I love it. Yeah. All right, are we ready for the thing that happened this week? Sure. As I mentioned earlier, I this week I did um, our... Uh, 29-hour reading of uh, Nutcracker the Musical, um, which is, I mean, I've been part of this project for a few years, like a fraction of however many years it's been alive and running. And it is E.T.A. Hoffman's original story combined with, like, the ballet that everybody knows. So it's, like, a much darker story. Um, It's like a Grimm's fairy tale version where, like, shit goes down. Yeah, actually. (laughs) And and it's fascinating. It's really great. And, like, all the music is Tchaikovsky and its lyrics set to those songs. Mm. Um, and Tchaikovsky was there. Tchaikovsky, yeah, Tchaikovsky was actually, yeah, he was at the piano with my buddy Paul and um, just working it out. Um, but, um, and like, and the first time I did the reading, Willius White was our lead. And like, it's like, it's been through like some really great like wow. stages of, yeah. Um, and so we did the reading, today is Thursday, we did the reading Monday, Tuesday, and I played... Fritz, which who is um, the main girl, like the Clara Marie, um, her shithead little brother, and I've been dying to play that role since I like first got involved, and like I finally got to do it. It was awesome. But the thing that happened this week is that due to lack of preparation, a combination of like lack of preparation and timing, not on my part because I've been with the because I've known this material for forever. Yeah, they cut the one song that 
Fritz was in. Aww. Which in uh, Tchaikovsky's music is that and it was so like it was just such a great song and the music is hard like all of the lyrics like it's a very tricky it's I get that it's very tricky material to learn in 24 hours plus the presentations but I we did it for the first presentation woke up um, went to rehearsal for the other Nutcracker I'm a part of and got like all the notes like so we're cutting this we're cutting this we're cutting and we're cutting be practical and I was like <laughs> welp this day's over before it began um, so I mean like that's and I know like that's that's part of the business things come and go and of course there's like there's always and maybe this goes back to my childhood Becca but um, <laughs> there's always like that like six minute interval where you're like, well, I must have really fucked up. Yeah. But yeah, like thankfully and like not thankfully, I mean, because it had nothing to do with me, and it was just disappointing. But the show went on. Mm-hmm. I still had a great time, but like, it's just it, it's the business, That's and it's just hard, one of those yeah. like harsh like harsh luxuries of the business. Mm-hmm. I'm so, so sorry, I was laughing before because I was just imagining. <laughs> <laughs> I was just imagining if Fritz's role was like really pivotal and they cut it. No, but like because I don't know this had a little this brother. Other... Like he has, <laughs> but it's I a popular just... song. It's a popular song. That song. Yeah, but I was just laughing because like, can you like, could you imagine like if he like if he had like one, you know, like let's pretend Fritz was the one instead of like the the, the toy soldier that yeah. ends up killing the Rat King or something like, and they were like, well, we didn't have time for it. We cut the Fritz song. Yeah. Like, I just I was laughing because in my head I had like blown it up to be something very consequential to the story. But no, it, yeah. like it wasn't. Like it was like <laughs> ultimately it had no consequence whatsoever. But I like mean, I you was just so made his excited. worst fears come true. No, exactly. He said my my part got cut, no. and you like. No, I'm just kidding. Kidding. The part was no, still Look, he's still here. When I'm still here. Exactly. That song got like, cut. Your song got cut. <laughs> not your part. But that's the thing. It's like when you say sad things, you kind of smile. And I was also laughing at like you masking over smiling that like you were that's, pretty depressed. That's about what fits. I do. Like, it's like that's like I guess that's one of my friend. ways of like dealing with it. It's like okay, guys, this is the shit I have to deal with. And I guess that's good to know if people laugh that they're not laughing. I mean, that they're. That's why they're reacting that way. Yeah, I mean, like, it sucked. Like, I was, like, walking to this rehearsal. Well, and we downplay other stuff to make other feel people feel yeah. comfortable. Yeah, that oh, yeah, might sure. also, And, like, it's such... To, like, create an equilibrium in our... Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, it absolutely sucks. And you don't want to be, like, a cranky actor. You don't yeah. want to just... You don't want to let him see a sweat. I can't tell and you. To be like, yeah, that's yeah. fine. I mean, luckily, yeah. like... To be the... called difficult, especially oh, as a yeah. woman in the theater. Oh, it's, yeah. it's very tricky. Oh, yeah. And, like, luckily, like, the music director and the director are two good friends of mine, so, like, I can, like, talk to them and be like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, of course I'm disappointed, but I, I get why you did it, and I get that it wasn't about me. Well, that's good. Me. That's good. Um, that's very cool of you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and, of course, it's not cut from the show. It's just, like, we wanted to do a two-and-a-half-hour show in 90 minutes. And, of course, we're gonna yeah. cut the song that could be cut that just wasn't... Some other actors in the song weren't nailing it. And, like, I... And I, I'm tentative about, like, talking too much about that part of it because these are... Everyone else in this, like, family is, like, I just met them and I absolutely love them, but... Well, that's like doing a five-and-a-half-hour Macbeth. None of us have ever seen Hamlet or Macbeth in its entirety. Mm. I have. Like, you I've, have? I've seen Hamlet in its entirety. Wow. For, for like, six hours? Oof. In London. 
Wow. Oh, it well, is. it was London. They did. <laughs> there's, there's but, like, London. there are, like, four different points of that final, like, stretch where you're like, oh, yeah, this is coming to an end. Oh, no, it's not coming to an end. <laughs> that happened to me. I went to see a, a production of Meet Me in St. Louis over Thanksgiving break. And you uh-huh. think that the end of Act 1 is coming, but it actually um, ends with uh, playing, 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 goes a trolley. But you think it's going to end after, like, one couple gets together, then another couple gets together. Then there's a cliffhanger. You think it's over oh, and over man. and yeah. over, but nope. They want to make they want to make it to a money note. Ugh. Clang 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 goes the trolley. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So I guess that was the thing that happened to me this week. Like it was still like such a great show. Like I'm sure I'll get to. Like we had like we had of the three shows we did it in one of them. So I was just happy that like the sold out oh. crowd that night got to see it. And how big was the crowd? I mean, it was just, it was one of the big rooms in Pearl Studios, so it was, like, maybe 60 people. Right. Plus, like, the 16 of us on stage, quote-unquote. Yeah. Um, have you ever been in the position, so we said before that Becca has been, uh, has originated roles in a lot of labs and workshops and early readings of shows that are now probably familiar to you. Um, some of them, you saw them to the end, but is it more your decision or their decision to to move the project in a different direction or like have you ever been offered another incarnation of it that you didn't continue with just going with like Ian's uh Ian's thing that happened this week of like letting a role go essentially you know no I mean well sorry or, or like, the role was still there like a, one number yeah. had we're to cutting be cut. you out of the show <laughs> one well one number had to be cut because one but like how, one how do we character... let something go with grace essentially yes. is my question yeah how do we, oh that's a good question <laughs> um it, it was very loaded. There were a lot of tangents within. I, I, I just kind of want you to speak on that. I mean, I was going to say, my, my like, hardest story, and everyone has them, especially by the time they're my age, was in Les Mis. And um, I understudied uh, Madame Sonardier. And then at one point, after after a Wednesday matinee, I think it was, over the God mic, I heard, Becca, please come to the stage manager's office. Of course, I thought I was in trouble, because that's what I automatically always think. I'm like, if I'm in trouble, I'm not going, but... <laughs> It's like when the note comes from the principal's office, like, so-and-so, we need Katie Heron, we need to see the principal's office. (laughs) What is it about? Because I'm not going to go if you're going to yell at me. (laughs) But anyway, I went in there, and it was the, um, I guess, American director, I don't know, associate director, I don't know, like, the two British directors had gone back, Mm -hmm. and so it was, like, the production stage manager, and they said, yeah, yeah. And they said, we want to let you know that we're going to have you take over for Madame Sonardier when, um, actually, when Anne Harada leaves, because she was the one playing it at that time. And so, yeah, I mean, of course, I think they were excited to tell me, and I was, of course, stoked. I told my agent right away, and, you know, I'm like, that was, I mean, I still haven't had a lead on Broadway, like a pink contract. It's a pink contract, right? Yeah. Um, and, pink and slips. so, playing for pink yeah, and so it's like, <laughs> my life's going to change. I'm not going to have to walk up four flights of stairs to get to my dressing room. I, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to have my own dressing room. Like I'm going to get paid more. I'm going to be, I'm going to have, you know, my first lead on Broadway. And, um, and then, um, our original Madame Sonardier, who is amazing. Her name is Jenny Galloway. Um, she is like hey, the most amazing mm-hmm. Sonardier. She had just gotten her green card. And so <laughs> then she was like, well, I want to do it. And so, so like, um, so there was a week where they were like, oh, we lied. Maybe we're talking to her agents and we may have lied. And so, yeah. So then I didn't get to move (laughs) because she came back and she was very gracious about it. She sent me, I know, but yeah, basically it's hard. You know, we all have our, I don't know. I, I don't know how we, I don't know how we get over it. 
Well, that's why I guess my uh, I guess the um, what's the word transition mm-hmm. would be that's why I'm trying to do my own thing. You know, yeah. why, why I've always tried to do my own thing. I've always tried to write my own music and um, sing my own songs. And now I'm trying to write um, a screenplay, like a I feature, love it. and um, that's awesome. Thing, I mean, and yeah, and yeah. and. Um, and and a, and a series and stuff like that. That's so, great. yeah, I think that's that helps. Yeah. You know, to have your own. I mean, thing. clearly it's working because Becca just dropped off CDs <laughs> for all of us. I know here my at gosh. our studio that I'm so excited to listen oh, to. Oh, thanks! Yeah. A CD stands for compact disc. It's an <laughs> for old... those of you, for those <laughs> yeah. of you like post millennials. Uh-huh. Ian, do you do we have any final thoughts on on being cut out of something? No, I mean I think or it was... something being something being cut out and suddenly your role becomes much smaller. Um, no, I mean like luck. I mean luckily this was a temporary. This was just for the specific um, incarnation of it. Yeah. And like I'm I'm sure one day like I will hopefully like do the full production and like just do the full thing. And like they were really gracious about it and like they kept a lot of like the dialogue like a lot of my character still in that right. moment. Um, so I still got to have so much fun with it, and it's like, it was just a blast. Like, it was—I I just felt really lucky to have been working. Yeah. Um, because once the disappointment goes away, like, I got that note, went to my other rehearsal. Yeah. And then on the way back, I, like, I was just thinking, like, cool, I get to perform today. Hmm. Yeah. Oh shit, that's what this is all about. Yeah, that's what makes yeah. me crazy when people are like, "Oh, I can't believe you love auditioning. I hate auditioning." I'm like, "Why wouldn't you love it?" Like, yeah. in a world where there is no artistic things happening for yeah. me during the day, someone is giving me two minutes in the room. Mm. There is an amazing... Like, um, you know, to just, like, do it. I, and I guess we'll end on this, because there's sure. an amazing Philip Seymour Hoffman um, interview, and I can't find it for the life of me, what but right after he passed <laughs> away, um, John Stewart played this little clip in The Moment of Zen. Okay. Um, that was about exactly that, how wow. when someone gives you the opportunity, uh, opportunity to audition... You're getting to do what you love for even as little as two minutes, and yeah. that's such a gift in itself. Totally. Um, so that's always how I that's how I like to view auditions because otherwise they're very stressful and pressurizing and yeah. Meh. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm very envious that you had the opportunity to be told ahead of time. Like when I found out I was cut from the girl on the train, it was while I was watching the movie, like in the theater, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that like I think in the theater we have a lot more. Like, Becca, your story about going to the stage manager's office, like, for the most part, we work with good people, and they'll give you a heads up if things are happening. You know, in your case, that was a bummer. It kind of got switched around on you. But, it, you know, in TV yeah. and film, I think they just, you know, they'll slap you to the cutting room floor, and yeah. you don't know until, until you're at the Toronto exactly. Film Festival. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, they, they didn't tell me I was cut from, like, mm-hmm. I booked my first oh, major feature, rough. and then, yeah, it was tough, especially because I was on IMDb and everything, and then when in the final cut you lose your whole credit wow. your whole internet presence like yeah mm-hmm. oh that sucks it's tough yeah. I mean like this was between shows and like not it's not like Broadway or anything where you have to freeze the show but, but like still like between if you only have three presentations and you change something after the first that's kind of that's weird to it's, me. I mean like I, I get it like I get it in this situation without delving in too deep because I still have like a lot of respect for yeah like, the other actors in this number, and... It's fine, guys, it's fine. <laughs> um, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I'm not sad about it at all.